Welcome to Emergence Radio Talk, where you'll be inspired and motivated by the journeys of movers and shakers from all around the world and those who are occupying and taking dominion. Emergence Radio Talk with Dr. Tavara Johnson. Welcome, everyone, to Emergence Radio Talk with your host, none other than Dr. Devira Johnson. And you know me. I'm always excited for today's show. Today I have an amazing woman. I'm telling you, she is walking in her God-given purpose. She is making an impact in both marketplace and ministry. And I'm really excited about what she is going to share. So make sure you go ahead and invite someone else to tune in, as this is one interview you do not want to miss. I want to welcome tonight to the show Apostle Erica Brooks-Henry, and it's indeed a pleasure to have you here with me this evening. Hello, hello, hello. I am super excited to be here. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule just to come and inspire as well as motivate our listening audience tonight. But before we get started, started, I want you to let our listening audience know just a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do. Um, Hello, everyone. Again, I'm super excited um, to be a part of this amazing platform. I'm Apostle um, Erica Brooks-Henry. I am the founder of I Know My Value and also the founder of um, Collide Ministries Worldwide. Um, On the I Know My Value side, I I like to say that... um, I do, although I'm in ministry, but I would say right now my primary focus is marketplace ministry. So I know my value is a wealth firm. And so what I help people do is get out of the rat race of simply making money and pivot to building wealth. Um, Scripture tells us a God has given us the ability to get wealth. I provide a roadmap. On the ministry side, um, I am... I believe that my anointing is marrying the practical with the spiritual. I believe sometimes we can have the word, we can um, be solid in that, but then what, are, what is the practical application of it? So marrying that, if, if, if the word says write the vision and make it plain, that's your business plan. That's your will. And so collide is colliding the spiritual with the practical. It's colliding and intersecting um, the um, marketplace with ministry. So that's where the name comes from, Collide Ministries Worldwide, making sure that the whole person is taken care of. Wow. That was amazing. You said so much. I didn't even, you know, you, Justin, even you um, sharing a bit of who you are, you even dropped a nugget in there because I didn't even think about, from a business standpoint, when you talk about writing the vision, I didn't even think about it as a business plan, right, for, some, for someone's business. I, I think about it more from a purpose standpoint in terms of what God's asking us to do, but I didn't even think about it from a business side. I think that is really, really great um, what you shared and what you said in terms of really being able to bring about the word of God or the, or the biblical principles and for persons to go ahead and um, be ahead and go ahead and actually work, you know, to do the work to be able to get the outcome that they so desire. And I think that is so um, amazing what it is that you are, are currently doing. But uh, one of the things I want to ask you is that, you know, because you have been doing, a, a, you know, a plethora of things and based on your bio, you have so much experience. But I want to know for you, um, what at what point did you decide that, you know what, I want to own my business as well as I want to be my boss on my own terms? Got it. 
I believe that um, probably back in 2001, um, that was something that was really planted in my heart. But the honest answer is I wasn't uh, ready. I wasn't financially able. Um, So just going back, um, in 2001, I became a mortgage lender. And what I realized is that um, there were too many people of color and too many believers that were getting declined for loans. And so I decided that I didn't want to just be a mortgage lender or a mortgage consultant. I now want to be, I want to be more of a consultant. Let me just say that and consult people through the process. So I realized that although I had a nine to five um, and I was starting off doing mortgage lending on the side, I had a bigger purpose, which was teaching people. The wealth of information mm-hmm. that I began to get, I wanted to teach people. And so what I started doing is evenings and weekends doing financial boot camps. And I really was, you know, just flying by the seat of my pants (laughs) doing something to say, you know what, the Bible tells us that we perish for the lack of knowledge. And I felt that with me being in financial services, it was my goal to go out and give the knowledge. And so I knew then that I wanted more, but it wasn't fast forward until much later that I really got, honestly, it wasn't until, now I noticed I said that was 2000. One, it wasn't until 2016 that I really got serious about my business Uh, because one thing as a giver, you can develop everything for everyone else. You can build everyone Mm -hmm. else's empire, but then you put your thing, you put whatever God has given you on hold. And so I just knew that I wanted to help people um, build and help people um, do it the right way, not in a microwave way, but do it in a way to where it's sustainable. Mm -hmm. I think that was really good, um, you know, because, well, first of all, when you talk about from 2001 to 2016, um, clearly you had to go through a process, right? No one likes to be processed. No one even likes the word process, to be honest, <laughs> um, yeah. especially when you, talk about, <laughs> when you talk about, you know, having a vision in mind from 2001 and it really not come into full fruition until 2016. Um, I want you to share with a person who may, be li- who may be listening in, and for them they feel like, you know, um, I had this vision, it hasn't come to pass yet, or they just seem to be stuck in that process. I just want you to provide some words of encouragement <clears throat> for them as well as some tips as to what they can probably do while they are going through that process and while they are, um, on the way to seeing manifestation? The first thing I would like to say is you have to, if you're a believer, understand the difference between the appointed time and the anointed time. I'm going to say that again. As believers, we must understand the difference between the anointed time and the appointed time. I'll give the mm-hmm. example of David. David was anointed as king. However, when mm-hmm. after David was anointed as king, David went right back out to tend to the sheep until mm-hmm. it was his appointed time to reign as king. He even served Saul faithfully until his appointed time. Right now, we're in an era on social media where people are saying, I'm a boss chick, I'm an entrepreneur, blah, blah, blah. People may be um, criticizing people that may still have a nine-to-five or be in corporate America. And so the first thing I want to say, there's nothing wrong with having a job. Um, It is honorable having a job. It is honorable providing for your family and doing what you have to do. Um, So don't 
look at somebody else's time frame and be discouraged because there's, there, your time will come, and it will not be based on somebody else's time. So what I will say in that is, number one, as I mentioned, I'm being redundant, but I want to stress this. Understand the appointed time and the anointed time. Right now, you may be anointed as you may have the gift of administration and you're very anointed in it. You may have the gift of teaching. You're very anointed in it. However, it is not your time to step out and do this thing full time. In your vein now, you can begin to teach boot camps, teach classes, whatever that vein you're in, you can begin to cultivate the gift now. Build a gift. Build the integrity in the gift. Um, um, so until it's time to make a shift. And I also want to say this. The ultimate goal doesn't have to be leaving corporate America. There's nothing wrong with being an entrepreneur. It doesn't make us or any of us any less successful if we have a nine-to-five and we still have a business. So um, that's not everybody's path. Another thing is um, I, be- I don't believe in a lot of times as believers we may say we're stepping out on faith, but uh, faith without works is dead. So what plan um, do you have to leave in nine to five? So if somebody Mm -hmm. has, let's just say, a makeup business, you really literally need to break it down to units. I need to sell this many um, kits in order to – I need $4,000 a month. So how many makeup kits do I need to sell? I need to sell, let's just say, 10 a week. That's going to be $1,000, and then times four – that's going to give me my $4,000 a month that I need to be able to leave my job. And so what I will say, if we treat our business like a hobby now, then it's going to be a hobby if we just all of a sudden say, I'm stepping out and I'm leaving my 9 to 5, and especially if we were doing it through the pressures of social media. And so I want to say right now to you, you are enough whether you're working a nine-to-five, whether you're making minimum wage, whether you're making 50000 whether you're making 60000 whether you're making 75000 But the biggest thing is this. Work harder on yourself than you do on your job. Yeah. And I'm going to repeat that. Jim Ron says work harder on yourself than you do on your job because we can work hard on our job. We can work hard on our business. But if we're not working on ourselves, we're not working on our um traumas, mm-hmm. we're not working on our discipline, then we're not going to be effective mm-hmm. on our job and we're not going to be effective in our business because it is Erica who has to show up in her business. It is John Doe that has to show up in, in his business. It is Dr. Tamara who has to show up in her business. So if we're not healed enough and we don't have self-control, then we're not going to do the things that we need to do to be effective. Mm-hmm. And I want to say this, wealth is a wholeness word. So when we think about I want to build wealth and I want to um, be an entrepreneur and things like that, remember wealth, money is money. That That is that is a carnal thing, but there's nothing wrong with having money. But wealth is biblical and it's wholeness. Scripture says, above all, I wish that you may prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers, which means as we're building wealth, our soul Needs to prosper. We need to get our spiritual part in alignment. We need to make sure our health, we're taking care of ourselves, we're drinking water, we're not skipping meals. All of that comes into play when it comes to building. We can't neglect. One, one can't be neglected. They all work together, and that's total life prosperity. Mm-hmm. That's good. 
Um, I love the, you have to know the difference between the anointed time <laughs> and the appointed time. And I think that's where a lot of people um, struggle. So I'm actually glad that you shared the the biblical um, example with David because he did have to go back <laughs> into the field. You know, and I know for some people that could be so frustrating knowing that, hey, well, God, you give me this vision, but then you still have to, you know, feel like they're just sitting there. Um, or he hasn't really pushed through it yet. And so thank you um, definitely for sharing that part. And then also saying that, you know, you have to work harder. So what are the things that you're currently doing now to even work on yourself? Because like you mentioned, um, you know, when you are on someone's job, and, and again, like you said, and I'm glad that you also shared that, that, that there's nothing wrong with having a nine-to-five as well as having a business, because when you are on someone's job, you're not responsible for keeping the lights on, really, to a certain extent. You're only really responsible for doing what you got to do, right? Um, but when you're on your own, that's a little bit different. Like, what you don't do, you just you just really, you know, if, if you don't work, you don't eat, so to speak, right? Um, and so I'm glad that you really shared all of that because, you know, social media does have people feeling some type of way um, when they look at different people or a different success story. Not everyone. Yeah, some people, what you see is really what it is. And then, you know, you have some people who what you're seeing is not really what it is. And so uh, thank you so much for sharing that to be able to get the, you know, anyone who's listening in to kind of get them out of that space of feeling, you know, maybe inadequate or something is wrong or, you know, it's, or the process is really taking too long. So thank you so much. Um, definitely for 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 sharing that. Um, I want to know for persons who, um, you know, who are they're in business, right? But they could be in a phase where they're looking to see, okay, well, how can I scale my business, right? So for those persons, how important is being able to to scale your business as well as implementing necessary processes in their business. Like, how important is that? Because a lot of people want to make all these bunch of money, but certain things, they, you know, doesn't seem to be happening or they may not be aware of to be able to, to facilitate that. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yes. I want to first define what scaling is because I realize people don't always know what that is. Um, mm-hmm. it's basically scaling your business is basically being prepared for growth, being prepared yeah. for expansion. Um, scaling your business um, in the case of a product-based business. Let's say um, you make, there are, um, you have a hairline, a product line for a hair products. Scaling your business is scaling to the point, if I got a 1,000 orders today, can I fulfill those orders? Do I have mm-hmm. the system? Do I have the shipping? Do I have the logistics in place to um, make sure that the orders get out? Do I have the do I have um, SLAs, you know, service level agreements, the expectation of the client? Do I have a way to receive payments and things of that nature? And so when you think of scaling your business, think about it's the, it's, it's a way of saying I'm not thinking for the right now, but I'm thinking for the later. Yeah. Um, scaling is thinking about how I can hire, et cetera. So what's important about that? Nobody is in business not to make money. And so scaling is also thinking of it as not just a one-man or one-woman show. So it's important if we don't scale our business, then we will forever be involved in every detail. 
it is not a good thing to be the CEO, to be the CMO, the chief marketing officer, to be the, the accounting person. We can't be everything in our business. So um, it is important to scale. That allows you to free up your time so that you can work more on your business versus in your business. You won't have to be in the everyday details. You won't have to be have a product-based business. If you scale your business, you won't have to be the person that's going to the post office or um, packaging things because you've scaled it enough to where you can hire contractors to do things. So an example of scaling your business is um, making sure that, number one, you have a business structure, a legal entity, whether it's an LLC or Inc., um, whether you've determined what type of business you need, uh, whether it's going to be a nonprofit or for profit. You also um, don't call me money, you know, making sure that you have a, a business account that's separate because when it comes to business funding, it is necessary um, to have an account that's separate from a um, personal account. You don't want to call me money. And then thinking of things like how can I now maximize my resources? How can I duplicate? Thinking of things like, I know the question, um, Dr. Tarva, was how important is scaling your business? I want to just give a quick example of a way you can scale your business, if that's okay. Thinking about awesome. government contracts, like getting into government contracting, there are government contract certifications like WOSB, which is Woman-Owned Small Business. There's other ones like um, MBE, which is Minority Business Enterprise. So what does that mean? There are a certain amount of government contracts where it may be 3 to 5% that are set aside for minority-owned, women-owned, uh, veteran-owned, and other type of businesses, which basically means that that percentage has to go to those type of businesses. Now, my business is a WSB, which is Woman-Owned Small Business, just because I'm a woman, a woman and I have a business, it doesn't mean I'm automatically a WSC. It means that your business had to go through the process, the certification process. Certain things have to be in place so that you can get the certification. That means your business has to be scaled enough. They check all the boxes to say, okay, now you're, you're, you fit this qualification to be a WSB or MB, Minority Business Enterprise. What does that mean? Because I have that des designation, I can start bidding for contracts with the government. It may be I'm in financial services. I may want to, instead of if I had a class where I may charge $99 a person or $200 a person, that same class I can get paid probably $50,000 for two hours from the government. If I wanted to hire people for different things, the government is going to give me leverage to be able to hire people, but they're not going to give you money if your business is, has not proven that it has done some things to be sustainable. You have a separate bank account. If they ask for bank statements, you can provide them and things of that nature. So it is important. I have a saying, stop getting ready and be ready. And the reason mm -hmm. why, if we're always in a position of I'm going to, I'm into, I'm thinking about it, when opportunities present themselves, they're going to look over us. So it's important mm -hmm. to always be thinking about growth. And when you're scaling your business, I challenge you to think about, don't think about it's just me, it's just me and my spouse, it's just me and my children. If you had all of the resources that you need, all of the people that you need, what would your business look like? And begin to build it that way. Mm -hmm. That's some really valuable um, information. So 
I hope those who are listening, and I, I hope you guys have your notepads, your papers, because, you know, she's dropping a lot of uh, nuggets tonight. And then, um, you know, you, I mean, you, you just said so much. You talk about, you know, not just trying to get ready, but, you know, be ready. And I think that's something that's important because a lot of people are always in the state where they're trying to get ready, um, but but they're not ready. And in that vein, I want to know, too, like, how important is continual personal growth um, to a successful business? Because even looking at um, at you and your bio, I see that, you know, you have a project management, you know, uh, you're, you're pro- project manager, professional, Six Sigma certification, like how important is personal growth to the success of your um, business or to ensure that you continually have a successful business? Um, it is. You know, it goes back to when I said work harder on yourself than you do on your job. Personal growth is so important, and I, I challenge you, a lot of companies have um, decreased their budgets for training. And mm-hmm. so what I will say is, do not wait for a company to sharpen you. It is your responsibility, my responsibility, our responsibility to get what we need. When I got my PMP, which is Project Management Professional Certification, I wanted my PMP starting in, I really got really wanted it starting in like 2015. Um, I, I, well, let me go back. I, I entered Project Management in 2008. And over the years, I toured around with getting it, but I didn't get it. Why? Because the company wouldn't pay for it. Finally, my mind was renewed. Why are you waiting on somebody else to for your destiny? Yeah. So I invested in what I needed to increase my income. When I received my PMP designation, Project Management Professional, which basically means you typically can uh, manage a project in any environment from initiating to closing. My salary increased by $45,000. Since having my designation, uh, my PMP designation, in the last three years, my salary has increased by over, uh, I want to give it back, $125,000. So I'll actually give numbers. I was in a corporate job getting paid way less than I should be getting paid. So I was making in the 60s. When I got this particular designation, and even though I got some other certifications, but this was key to what I needed to go, I, my salary went from $65,000 to $110,000. Over the last few years of consistently developing myself, my salary has increased by over another $100,000, and that's just in the corporate space. And so all of I have Six Sigma um, Project Management Certifications, just some other things. Um, and that may not be your lane, but what I will say is whatever career field you're in, find out what is the the sought-after certification or license for that industry. Get it. It's very competitive, you know, in the market. So think about what is going to set me apart from someone else. And what I will say is this. My background is in finance. And, and on the business side, project management, um, the, the, the primary side is finance. If I had a Ph.D. in finance right now, I couldn't write not one life insurance application. I couldn't write not one investment. So what I'm saying is I'm not against the formal education of going to your MBA, et cetera, but what I'm saying is there are other things that are going to give you leverage. As a matter of fact, my project management yeah. certification has taken me further than my degree. And mm-hmm. so 
Um, if you don't have a degree, apply for the job anyway. If you don't, don't think, and also don't think that in your business is going to decrease you. Get whatever you need to grow. If you're in financial services, um, think about, hey, you know what, I have an insurance license. Do you want to get your Series 6 or Series 63? Do you want to get your investment licensure? Um, if you are in counseling, what is the next license that's going to help you be better? And save the money. I understand that sometimes you may have financial obligations, but set a goal. Say, in six months, I want to have blah. Set aside the money. If money is an issue, if money is not an issue, block off time to study and make sure that you get it done. And I want to say one more thing to this. When you're doing personal development, there's sacrifice involved. Mm-hmm. There may be fans that say, hey, Erica, you want to go to lunch? I'm sorry, I'm studying for this professional exam. And you may have to turn down some things because, or you may have to tell your, your family, if you have children or a spouse, hey, during this time and this time I won't be available because I'm studying for this. And then hopefully the family will be, it'll be a family effort. We understand that mama, daddy, or my sister is working on this, and we're going to support her and allow her or him that time to do that. And so you have to set boundaries to reach your goals. Wow. That is powerful. You know, um, you have to set aside whatever money you need to set aside, you know, um, set those boundaries. And most important, sacrifice is, I mean, sacrifice is going to have to happen because, you know, a lot of people sometimes, I don't think they really count the cost of, you know, pursuing, especially when you talk about personal development. You know, like you mentioned, you have to set aside time for to study. You have to tell a person, listen, no, I can't go out tonight. You know, I, I have this test, I have this exam, whatever it may be, um, you know, that you need to study for. And then most importantly, too, like how you shared that, you know, sometimes the certifications is what take you further, really, than the degree. And so, like you said, or like you mentioned, persons who may not have the degree or who may not even be able to afford the degree, that they can still go ahead and pursue um, certifications. Because when you talk about even having a certification, it still shows that there's a level of discipline that you would have had to have um, to even be able to, to gain as well as understanding. And so it still speaks volumes um, to all of that. Man, this is some really, really, um, you know, this is some really, really great information that you that you have shared um, with us tonight. But I want, one of the things I want to know from you, um, with all of what you've done, all of the things that you've achieved, what is something that you would say, or what is the one thing that you would say or consider to be your greatest achievement thus far? This is going to sound unorthodox, I would say my, I have a 24-year-old daughter um, that she's receiving the information from me now. After years mm. of having financial boot camps and I'm taking her there, years of ministry and we're in church and I'm in partying and giving it to her, she's now hearing me. And I would say being able to reach the very one that's not in the household now is probably my greatest achievement because sometimes because of, like they say, a prophet never gets honor in his own country. <laughs> now, yeah. seeing the fruit, the value, she values what I say, Mama, I need to know. I need you to teach me about finance. Mom, I need you to pray 
not just pray for me, pray with me. Let, let's just go over these scriptures. So that, that, that would be the number one. I just want to give an unorthodox one first. That'll be first thing. And then the other side of it is helping people, I believe that, shifting people from the rat race. Um, mm. I've seen people, getting people out of the, the struggle, like I've, I've I've seen with people working with people where they, their salary has increased over sixty thousand, and I can't say that I can't take the credit for it, but I have to work with people on mindset, and mm-hmm. I go back and when I give information, people being able to do the work. The biggest accomplishment is I would say the fruit of people doing the work, and they're able to exceed their own expectations or the things, the limitations, or get over their limitations. And so I just believe that I planted the seed, I gave the information, and I always like to see results when someone said, I can't do this, but now they were able to do it. And I was just used as a vessel. Mm, that's really good. You know, that's like the true definition of a of a leader, if you really be honest, <laughs> you know, um, because, you know, someone just serving and really, truly and honestly wanting to see other people um, do well, you know, other people push past their limitations and so or what they consider to be uh, their limits or their limitations and so thank you, thank you so much for that um, tonight like it, this has really been a powerful, powerful interview you've really given us some great advice, some great nuggets, things that, you know, persons can actually, you know, learn from glean from um, I mean, and I, I'm sure all of what you would have shared is going to change the trajectory to um, the path that, you know, whatever persons are on now. And that's a lot of them are saying, you know, hey, I really need to get to work. And you would have really inspired and as well as motivated them tonight. And so, of course, thank you so much for that. Um, I want to do you have any final advice to those who may be listening in before we go? Uh, yes. Um I just want to, um, we didn't really touch on this, but I want to plant something in the finance arena that's super, super, super important. Um, I mentioned stop getting ready and be ready, and that area is the area of life insurance. Um, mm. Life is so unpredictable that mm. um, life insurance, think about the word life, it is not for the deceased, it's really for the living. Um, the word tells yeah. us that a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Um, that is yeah. one of the things. And so I just challenge all of us to evaluate, you know, just make sure that turn to your neighbor, as, as people say in church, turn to your sister, turn to your brother, call your aunt, call your uncle and say, hey, auntie, do you have life insurance? Hey, mama, yeah. you know. Um, tell me, you know, some people say mama's private or whatever. What, what company do you have it with? Because those are questions that need to be ha- um, had. Those are questions that need to be asked and conversations need to be had. So normalize financial conversations within your family because whenever there's a loss, that's a long time to find out that someone mm-hmm. wasn't covered. Also, uh, with a lot of people um, going into entrepreneurship, I just wanted to remind you when you leave your job, you leave your group insurance. Group mm. life insurance is not um, it's, it, it's not a part of COBRA continuing coverage, so you have to reach out to that carrier to see if you can port that insurance over, 
or um, yeah. always have an individual policy where you own and you're in charge of. So, um, of course, you can always reach out to me on platforms about life insurance, but I just want to say it is super important. If you plan on leaving your job, make sure that you have your own individual life insurance. If you still have a 9-to-5 job, still get your own individual life insurance policy that you own it and you have total control of it and normalize the conversations. And, um, and, just, want, and just remember that the appointed time and the anointed time, um, when it is the appointed time, you will know and seek wise counsel before you make any decision. doesn't mean anybody's controlling, but um, it's okay to um, get the counsel before making a major shift in your life. Oh, that is amazing. Life, like you said, life insurance and the medical insurance is really important, you know, especially in these times, like you said, things happening so fast, and, you know, it would really prevent persons from having you know, like the whole GoFundMe and all these other things of that, too, because a lot of people aren't realizing they really don't have insurance. I know for some, you know, they say they can't afford it, but sometimes they say you can't afford not to have it either. Um, you know, and so that's usually um, key. And then, like you mentioned, individual insurance. Because um, I, I, I know for us where we're at, sometimes with the, it, the older you get, the more expensive it is. So at least if you get it from a younger age, especially the well, actually both insurances, whether it's life or individual coverage for medical insurance, um, you know it it tends to go up unless it's probably like a term insurance. But you know I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that towards the end because persons need to understand how important it is to really really have insurance. So thank you. Um, so much that I thoroughly enjoyed the interview tonight. Um, but of course, before we go, I want you to share with them your social media handles, email addresses, websites, just however they can um, get as well as stay connected to you. Awesome, awesome. Um, social media, you can find me on Facebook at I Know My Value. The page is spelled exactly how it sounds I Know My Value. Instagram, is um, I Know My Value Official, and my email address is Erica, E-R-I-C-A, at IKnowMyValue.com. Awesome, awesome. So if you're listening and if you're tuning in, make sure you go ahead and connect with Apostle Brooks Henry because you would want to stay connected to her, you want to get your insurance, whatever you need, um, you'll be able to reach out to her. And so, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to today's show. My amazing, amazing guest, Apostle Erica Brooks-Henry. Um, if this is your first time tuning in, I pray it won't be your last. And, of course, in my faithful listening audience, you know, I love you all, and you're rocking here with me week after week. And so this is the show where you'll be inspired to emerge, occupy, as well as take dominion. I'm your host, Dr. Tavira Johnson. Be sure to connect as well as stay connected with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, um, LinkedIn under... Tavira Johnson or Dr. Tavira Johnson, or you can visit my website at TavaraJohnson.com. I look forward to connecting with you all. So everyone have a wonderful evening and blessings. Thank you for tuning in to Emergence Radio Talk. For more information on Emergence Radio Talk, Emergence Mentorship Program, or Women to Women Mentoring Program, be sure to visit www.tavarajohnson.com If you would like to be a guest on our show, email us at info at tavarajohnson.com or follow us on all of our social media platforms Instagram, Facebook
updated on all upcoming events. Until next time, thank you for joining me.